That could very well be the song of the month as we go into a series called Experience God. Um, I love a new year because we get to start fresh with things. And um, this, this, this next month, every sermon is going to be about experiencing God and, and hopefully challenging you on how you can experience God. Um, actually, our whole year is themed around experiencing God. And so it's going to be a great year. Have you ever experienced something? Okay. All right. That's good. Now, I don't mean like, oh, that gave me goosebumps and it was an uncanny experience. I mean, have you ever really experienced something like like your whole everything about you experienced this thing? For example, last summer, Dylan and I were hiking on the Appalachian Trail and we experienced something that unless you've experienced it, you just wouldn't understand the experience. It'll catch up. We hiked on the Appalachian Trail for about 72 hours. We totaled about 15 and a half miles. Uh, Part of the experience was that I think it rained 64 of the 72 hours that we hiked. That was the miserable part of the experience. I mean, it started raining on Monday evening and it really never stopped. It rained a little. It rained a lot. It thundered at lightning. It was just wet. There was nothing about us that was dry for 72 hours. And I think even after we got back to the cabin, it was about two days later before we were actually really dry. That was one part of the experience. But at one point, and and here's the experience I want to try to help you understand. We're at this place, and I've, I've declared this place as the place where lightning is made and thunder begins. I don't know if you've ever been to that place or you've ever experienced that place, but I'm not kidding. We hiked through a storm cloud. The, the storm was all around us, and you could actually see the heavy rain below us. And, and we're hiking. We weren't really hiking through rain at this point. We were just kind of hiking through heavy fog. And, and it wasn't until later that I realized we were in this thundercloud, but I was just like, it's not raining on us. It's just wet. Every hair on our bodies was standing straight out from the energy and the electricity that was all around us. Uh, we experienced a thunderclap from start to finish. And I mean, like when I say this is where thunder is made, it was we're hiking and all of a sudden there it was. And it took like 20 minutes for this thing to roll out. It was deafening. It doesn't even deafening doesn't even begin to explain the sound. And the way that it just reverberated through our bodies was almost numbing. It was intense. I don't know any other way to explain it, except it was intense. Now, as if that wasn't enough, that's only part of the experience, because then we saw something I've, I've never seen. And I've seen a lot of weird things in my day. Off to the right, about 100 yards away. And just so you know, 100 yards seems like it's far away until you see lightning strike sideways and then shoot down the mountain. And then you realize 100 yards is not nearly far enough away. Okay? (laughs) I saw this, and I was like, there's no way I just saw that. It was amazing. I realized at that point, we weren't hiking in the rain. We were hiking through the cloud that was making the rain. And it was just an amazing experience. I'm not going to lie. At that point, I was scared. I know you find that hard to believe. A macho man like myself would get scared of a little bit of lightning. Um, We increased our speed a little bit in hiking at this point. And I've learned something as I've shared this story with people. I've shared this experience. There are two types of reactions. The, The people that have never really hiked or been higher elevations in mountains, their response is usually disbelief. Like, no way you saw that. You're exaggerating. There's no way that that really happened. Not that I'm one that's prone to exaggeration, but, you know, people have their thoughts. Um, 
I almost started doubting myself that I really actually experienced this. And I shared this story with a guy at Mountain High Outfitters. He was one of the staff, a seasoned hiker. And I'm telling him what was going on, our experience from that day. And his eyes started to get wide. And I thought, this guy's going to tell me that I, I, I didn't really experience what I thought I experienced. And he finally said it. And he didn't say I was crazy. What he actually said was, isn't that the craziest experience? He said, the same thing happened to him and a group of friends that were hiking on the Appalachian Trail. They were farther north than we were. But he said there was a storm coming and it was coming in low. And so the shelter was above and they were like, we just need to get to that shelter. And he said, we're hiking through this. And he's the exact same stuff, the thunder, the lightning. And he said, you know, if you've never experienced it, you just can't fathom what it was really like. And I got to thinking about that whole thing and experiencing God And I realized the unfortunate thing for many people in our world, both Christian and non-Christian alike, is that much like the storm we hiked through, I mean, it was all around us. There was no escaping this storm. It was just get off the mountain and go inside. That was the escape. And much like that storm that we hiked through, God is all around us. But all too often, we're too busy to realize that God is at work all around us. And we're too busy trying to move forward in this world that we miss the awesomeness of experiencing God. But I got to tell you, that's not going to happen this year. That's not going to happen here. Not anymore, because I have one resolution for Huntsville Christian Church. How many people made a New Year's resolution? Nobody? All right, four of you. (laughs) The rest of you didn't want to break them, so you just cut to the end. (laughs) I get it. I've got one resolution for Huntsville Christian Church for 2014. And it's very simple. It's to experience God. That's the resolution. That's what we're going to do in 2014. Every sermon that I have planned out for this year. Yes, I do actually plan things in advance. I know some of you are like, he does that. (laughs) There's a plan. Every sermon that I've planned out for this year in some way will challenge you to experience God. And I don't mean just like hiking through his presence on the mountain of life. I mean, like Feel his earth-shaking rumble. I mean, you are truly going to experience him at work all around us and in our lives. From his mightiest works to his softest whisper during the worst storm of your life. This year, Huntsville Christian Church will experience God. Because I believe that he is at work around us. But I also believe that our comfort, our pride, our contempt, our selfishness, our personal desires, our insert, whatever it is in your life, Those are the things that keep us from truly experiencing God. And that's what we're going to work through this year. Will you pray with me? Father God, I just thank you. Thank you for your word. I thank you for the example uh, all through scripture of of how people experienced you. I, I pray, Lord, that as we start this year, we'll move away from mistakes of last year or yesterday even. I pray that you'll just open our hearts, open our minds to really grasp what it means to experience you. And not just one day out of the week, but every single day this year, Lord. I pray that you will help us to set aside whatever it is in our life, pride or arrogance or contempt. Whatever we may be dealing with, whatever our personal desires are that are keeping us from experiencing you. Bring those to the forefront of our minds. Help us to to battle those things away so that we can know you, so that we can truly experience you. In your son's name I pray, amen. Will you go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 45. And what you need to know about this is, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry, basically. 
And, and he has begun to call the disciples. And I want to shine some light on a few things. Uh, so here we are in John chapter 1, verse 45. It starts out here. The next day he proposed to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and he said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than this, than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Look, Nathanael just experienced God. It was made very clear to him by what Jesus said to him, that he was standing in the presence of the Messiah. And Jesus said to him, you will see greater things than the fact that I know you. You will see greater things than that I was able to, to, to say that you were a man without deceit. And Nathaniel did. Over the next few years, he would experience things that Jesus did. Healing people, feeding people, walking on water, casting out demons. He would travel with the Son of God. He would experience Jesus' love and compassion and even his frustrations firsthand. Now, I want to continue on. I want you to look at Luke chapter 5, okay? Um, it's not too far from where you just were. Just flip those pages. Luke chapter 5. And I want to talk about how the first disciples experienced God in the flesh. Verse 5 says this. It happened, or excuse me, verse 1, chapter 5. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake on Gennesaret. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let your nets out for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in their other boat for them to come and help them. They came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. That is a lot of fish. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken away. They just experienced God right there. And so, so James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. Verse 11, when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. I want to add my opinion here for just a minute. Okay, this is my opinion. You won't find it in a concordance. You won't find it uh, in the Bible dictionary or even in the little uh, sub notes and footnotes in your Bible. This is just my opinion. I think that Huntsville Christian Church is kind of like those fishermen. We have been fishing these waters of this community for 50 years. Sometimes the catch is decent. 
Sometimes we come up empty with our nets at the end of a hard season. I think that we've been fishing our own way for too many nights, friends. I think it's time to put out into the deep water of God's plan and let down our nets, trusting him for the catch. And we need to do this as Jesus instructed, not on our own accord, not on our own ideas. Because when we do it in the way that Jesus has instructed us, then we will see physical, spiritual, and Christ-centered mental growth that will indeed burst the nets, if you will. Now, the danger here is that like Peter, when we begin to truly experience God, we will realize that we are sinful people. So I'm going to spoiler alert for you. As we go through this year, you may feel a little down on yourself. You may realize, I'm a sinful person. But here's the cool part. It's that we will experience what these men experienced in verses 10 and 11. When Jesus said to Simon, do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. Verse 11, when they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. People of Huntsville Christian Church, are you ready to experience God? Three of you are. Are you ready to experience God? There's a few more. Okay. Man, Andy didn't even say yes. I had a little thing here that said, wait till the fanfare ends and continue. Uh, Look, it's going to be a long year. But I will drag you through this and you will experience God if it kills you. Are you ready to experience God? Thank you. Where were you on that one, Dennis? All right. Are you ready to become fishers of men? Are you ready to see the nets burst? I am. I don't want mediocrity anymore. I want something that's just going to blow my mind when I experience God and see what he does in my life. I want to jump down uh, to verse 27, same chapter, calling of Levi. After that, he went out and noticed a tax collector named Levi sitting in the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he left everything behind and got up and began to follow him. And Levi gave a big reception for him, him being Jesus, in his house. And there was a great crowd of tax collectors and other people who were reclining at the table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes began grumbling at his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered him and said to them, it is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus is is, is trying to let these people experience who he is right here, right now. And I got to ask, are you hearing that? Jesus says, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Brothers and sisters, I got to tell you this. If you are going through life, If you are going through your Christian life and you're not experiencing God, you may be confused as to whether or not you're righteous or a sinner. I don't mean experiencing God for a feel-good, old-school Benny Hinn or Joel Osteen moment. I don't mean that. That's not experiencing God. I mean experiencing God in your everyday life. Not even in in a miraculous catch of fish moment. I mean even when everything around you seems to be crashing down. Are you experiencing God? Are you experiencing God when your pipes freeze and burst? Happened to at least eight people. Saw it on the news this morning. 
Are you experiencing God when you lose your job but gain your family? Are you experiencing God in the pain of losing a loved one? Because I want to give you, I want to tell you a secret. We Christians, we have the ability to experience God even in the most horrible moment. I want to share something with you. I I, I ministered in Florida as a youth minister for many years. And and there was a guy in our church, a man that I talked with for several months. He was a hard man. He was a Yankee. I don't hold that against him. But he was. And he was just rough and tumble and... For a long time, we talked and, and studied the Bible and talked about life. And I explained scriptures to him. And we talked about baptism. We talked about living a Christian life. And, and I talked to him about leading his family in a way that will honor God. And one day he says to me, I'm ready to get baptized. So I baptized him. And we continue to spend time talking about the Bible and, and what I thought was discipling him uh, to continue down the path of experiencing God. But then things started to happen with his business. Uh, he owned his own business and, and just random things started happening uh, and things started happening to his family. Uh, his answer to these issues, well, I just need to work harder. I need to work harder. And so he started missing church. He started making excuses as why he couldn't meet with me and some other men during the week. We'd get together at breakfast time and because he owned his own business, he could show up, have coffee. We'd talk life and Bible and Jesus and stuff. And, and he started missing those and, and he couldn't come and, and he just started missing out on a lot of stuff. And it all came back to, I got to work harder and I got to take care of my family. I told him many times, you know, money doesn't necessarily make you a good provider. And he said, oh, it's easy for you to say, but I got bills to pay and I got this and I got that. Long story short, over the course of a year, one year, maybe just a little bit longer, he stopped coming to church. He stopped tithing. Then his wife stopped coming. And eventually his kids who were in high school, junior high and high school, stopped coming. I saw him one day. I said, hey, where you been? How things going? Oh, it's terrible, he said. Ever since I got baptized, my life has just gotten worse. Don't act like you haven't said it. He shares with me how he lost his business, how he was struggling to start up another one, how his daughter had moved in with her boyfriend and was pregnant and not married, and he was just so ashamed of that, and how his son was at a place where he didn't ever, uh, just did what he wanted and didn't care about the consequences in life, how his wife didn't really respect him, He says, I prayed to God to help me fix all this, and he doesn't do anything. I said, why should he? He said, you can't say that. You're the preacher. I said, no, I'm a youth minister. (laughs) Because I was. It's a true story. I always tell you when I'm lying. This is a true story. Okay. I said, "Why why should he jump up and help you with any of this stuff? I said, ever since you've been baptized, you stopped coming to church. You stopped fellowshipping and studying the Bible. You stopped uh, being challenged and accountable with your Christian brothers. At some point, you stopped praying with your wife. You stopped tithing because you said your bills had to come first. And you stopped caring about others spiritually, including your wife and kids. And then when it's all gone south, you want to blame God and you want to know why he won't fix it. I said, you don't understand why you can't experience him in your life right now is because you shut him out. I said, you will not experience God when you shut him out. I said, where do you see in Scripture that God blessed the people that shut him out? You don't. They'll experience him, but it's not what they had in mind. I can tell you that. Here's what I told my friend that day, and I want to share this with you as we prepare for a year, we prepare ourselves to experience God this year. As Christians, it's real simple. We are his servants. 
And we need to adjust our lives to what he is about and do that. We don't adjust God to what we want to do. It's not how it works. If we don't submit to God, he will allow us to follow our own devices. We may even experience some levels of success in those devices. But when we follow our own devices or we try to force God into our dreams and our schemes, we will never experience God. Not the way he is intended for us to experience him. We will never experience what God wants to do in our life or in our behalf or even through us for others when we're left at our own devices. You see, we have free will. Free will is a dangerous thing because when we choose to serve ourselves and not God, he won't make us serve him, but he will allow us to suffer without him. And that's what I told my friend. And he didn't like that at all. I said, God will allow you to suffer through this. I said, but when you start to restore yourself to him, you'll see these things will change over time. Look almost anywhere in the Old Testament. And with the people of Israel, especially, how many times did God allow them to their own devices? And how many times did he reconcile to them when they turned from themselves and asked for forgiveness? Even in the New Testament, some of Jesus's closest friends, his disciples chose what they thought was a path of self-preservation. Do you know him? No, I don't know him. Three times he denied. Only to see that they missed experiencing God. But when they repented, they were forgiven. They were restored. And they lived out, these men, especially the disciples of who I'm talking about right now, when these men repented and, and were forgiven and restored, they lived out the rest of their lives experiencing God. So what does all this mean for you? What does all this mean for Huntsville Christian Church? How are we going to experience God all through 2014? Well, for starters, it goes back to the calling of the disciples. So I want to ask you, what are you willing to walk away from this year? What are you willing to walk away from so that you can truly experience God? Levi, are you willing to walk away from the tax collector booth? The circle of friends? Are you willing to walk away from the family business? I don't know. Nathaniel walked away from his doubt. Remember verse 46, Nathaniel said to him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? He walked away from that and he saw indeed that good things can come from Nazareth. They all experienced God. What will you walk away from? What do you need to let go of in order to truly experience God this year? Their past regret? Are there forgiveness issues? I don't know what you need to let go of. On the other hand, though, what will you pick up so that you can experience God this year? What do you mean, what will I pick up? Well, for starters, if you don't pick up your Bible and read it during the week, you can't expect to experience God. Listening to me rant for 20 minutes a week and put out some scripture, that's not enough for you to experience God. Now, you, I may get your attention about something for the moment, but if you don't go home and look at scripture for yourself and study the word of God, you'll have a hard time experiencing God. And you're going to look around and you're going to see all these people in Huntsville Christian Church experiencing God. And you're going to go, why am I not experiencing God? Because you're not following the rules in order to experience God. If you don't, if you don't start, if you don't stop 
and start spending time praying and talking with God during the week, you're not going to experience God. And I mean more than just at meals, okay? If, you know what? I'm calling shenanigans on most of you right now. Christians, we are the worst at trying to seem busy doing Christian-y things. You know what I'm talking about. John Acuff, he says, he says this, I'm going to Jesus juke all of you right now. I'm Jesus juking you guys. I'm tired of hearing Christian people say this. I pray all day long. I pray while I'm driving. I pray while I'm at the hair salon. I pray while I'm at the grocery store. I just pray from start to finish of my day every day. I'm kind of a multitasker that way. I'm calling shenanigans on you. When you multitask, nothing gets 100% of your attention. And now I'm not saying don't pray while you're driving or at the hair salon or work or whatever, especially if you're riding in a car with me. My wife prays a lot when we go on road trips. I get it. Those may prove to be very appropriate times for you to let someone or, or to lift someone or something up in prayer. But don't you think that to truly experience God, he deserves more than a multitasking prayer session? I mean, Give him your undivided attention for 30 minutes or so during the day. We do that much for Facebook and our favorite TV shows, and they didn't send their son to die for us. You see, how about this? How about in 2014, we show God that we want to experience him in our lives? How about that? Let's not be like my friend in Florida who just said, God, where are you? I'm not going to read your word. I'm not going to tithe. I'm not going to come to church. I'm not going to fellowship with other Christians. But where are you in my life? Let's show God that we want to experience him. You know, if you don't pick up your checkbook and tithe to God first, if you refuse to trust God with your finances and with tithing, you will never experience God and the way that he does math. Because let me just tell you something. I don't care what your financial situation is. When you let God do the math, you'll be amazed at what happens with your checkbook. I've lived it. I'm from starving college student to successful billionaire minister. (laughs) No. Wait. We live that God math stuff. It's amazing. Let him work it out. Trust him enough to put his place first. You see... We say that we want to experience God. I've yet to meet somebody when I say, hey, would you like to experience God? They go, oh, no way. (laughs) I've had people say, I don't believe. I said, well, that's because you haven't experienced him yet. But that's a different part of the story. Nobody ever said no. But you see, when, when we get right down to it, I think we really just want to experience the warm fuzzies and the goosebumps when someone tells a story about God. But we have to change that. How do we change that? Because in order to experience God, we must focus our life on God's purposes and not on our own plans. We need to seek God's perspective in our circumstances rather than our own distorted outlook. How do we as a congregation begin to experience God? I'll tell you, it starts with what we believe. It starts with why we're here. I don't mean why are we here in this building right now. We need to figure out what God has on his agenda for our families, for our church, for our community, for our nation at this time in history. Then we can adjust our lives to experience God and be in the mainstream of his activity. Why are we here in this community? I'll tell you what I believe. I believe that God has placed Huntsville Christian Church in our community to transform it for his glory. 
I believe that if we let down our nets according to his plan of salvation and his plan of evangelism, we will experience God this year and for years to come if we allow ourselves to be a part of what he wants to do in this community. I believe that we will do this by reaching into our community with the love of Christ and the transforming power of the gospel. Each one of us has to be willing to take that into the community. I got to tell you, folks, it's a new year and we have a new vision. I just shared the vision with you and we've got a new mission statement. Some of you are like, well, I just got used to the old one. <laughs> Win, commit, grow and go. This wraps that up into a whole new package. Because I believe if we do this as individuals, we will not only experience God ourselves, but as a congregation, we will experience God and our community will experience God. Because God is at work all around us. And there are some things that we need to do. We need to love boldly. You can write these down if you want. We need to love boldly. We need to connect unselfishly. That means when you go out and build a relationship, it's not for what you can gain out of it. It's for what you can give into it. We need to connect unselfishly. We need to share unconditionally. We need to strive to maintain unity. We need to serve humbly. Over the course of this year, as I preach about experiencing God, you're going to see these five things resurface. My prayer is that as individuals and as a congregation, we will begin to use these five things as a blueprint for how we can truly experience God. I got to tell you, brothers and sisters, God is at work all around us. He pursues a relationship with us. He invites us to join him. And the only way that can happen is if we adjust our lives so that we can truly experience him. God is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever. In order for us to experience him, we must strive to honor him no matter what everyone else around us is choosing to do. This year, will you accept the challenge to experience God? Will you choose to honor him with your life? Will you love boldly? Will you connect unselfishly with the people in your area? Will you serve humbly? Will you share unconditionally? Will you strive to maintain unity in order to truly experience God? I think if we do those things, we'll experience God and our community will experience God. We're coming to the time in our service, to our response time. It's a time where you have the opportunity to respond to what you've heard today from the Word of God. If your response is, is to be baptized, you come forward during this time. If your response is that you want to partner with Huntsville Christian Church and, and you want to fish for men in this community, come forward. If you'd like to pray with the elders about something that's going on in your life, the, the elders are here. We have a room prepared where you can go and, and talk and pray with them. And we have purposely moved our communion time to be a part of the response time. And, and maybe for you right now, the best response you have is to simply measure yourself against the word of God and what you've heard today and reflect on those ancient words, if you will, and remember what God has done for us. He sent his son as a final sacrifice for our sins because of what Christ did for us. We can truly experience God. Just take your time. Reflect on these things today. And when you're ready, come forward. Let your response be with action today. Will you pray with me? Father God, we're at this place of, of response. And I don't know what that looks like for everybody. But I know it starts with forgiveness. 
for every one of us and asking for forgiveness for every one of us. Because I know at some point we've let you down. And so that's what I want to do right now. I just ask that you'll forgive us. I pray as we go through this time of, of worship, as we continue to, to, to have these songs and have an opportunity to share in communion, that, that you'll show us what the best response is so that we can start off this year and live through this year truly experiencing you. In your son's name I pray. Amen.